How do you treat older lips? When I first started aesthetics, I'll be honest, I hated this particular area, but I've learned a lot since then. I'm gonna be sharing a lot of that knowledge on today's Aesthetic Mastery Show. Before we dive in, don't forget to give us a like if you're learning a lot from these shows and if you're excited to learn about how to treat older lips. So why are we talking about this topic? Well, last week I went into some depth about how angle of injection can change as your patient's lips change as they get older. I think it actually completely transforms how different techniques work. And this triggered a lot of questions about how I tackle older lips. So this is an, an interesting area which taps into what our treatments do for people generally. But it is hard because lips change dramatically over age and treatments get complex as you try and treat more and more elements of the problem. If you take a pretty 25-year-old, the swelling alone makes them look better. Let's be honest. It's quite easy making someone who's quite pretty very pretty by adding a little bit of lip volume and a little bit of contrast with the color. But as soon as you try and apply those same techniques to older people, you realize this is hard. It also needs a much more in-depth consultation. So how do I think about the situation generally? It's worth thinking always with all your clients that there are actually three different diagnoses we're trying to make. We've got the psychology of the patient, the aesthetics of the patient, and then the anatomical situation that is driving those two factors above. And we need to break this down in the consultation. So what's the psychology of the older patient? Now, remember, everyone is unique, and I can't speak for everyone, but there are tendencies to go with certain age groups, have certain psychological approaches to their aging. And it's more common in general to be in a more defensive mindset. So these are people seeking certainty. They want restoration. They may be a little bit afraid if you talk about adding volume and, and making things more beautiful. They just want to go back to who they were. They're not trying to change themselves. And they're often very afraid of looking done. Drawing negative attention through, you know, some of my clients would describe it as mutton dressed as lamb. You know, they don't want to be seen by their friends to be trying to be younger. They just want to stay in alignment with their identity. Now, what often happens with this is they start to request the wrong treatment out of fear because they don't want their lips done and what this means is that you end up with isolated treatments because if you're trying to treat upper lip lines, for example, and you don't treat the body of the lip, you get that Homer Simpson look eventually. Joe! And this unfortunately happens to people who don't want to be over-treated, is that, is that they end up treating just the lines and this then changes the overall shape of their face and they look treated in a different way. So we must avoid the Homer Simpson mouth and the way to do that is with a good consultation that makes sure that your patient is educated and informed on what the aesthetics are made up of and how your injection technique will protect them from looking like a trout pout that will also make them look younger, which is obviously what they're looking for. So let's think about the aesthetic diagnosis next. What do you see with aging lips? Now, a lot of this, I believe, is down to the emotion that our faces trigger when we look at ourselves in the mirror as we age, and that's often why patients present. So that negative emotion is caused by two main factors. There's the anger element, which can happen because lips look smaller relative to the rest of the face. They also may have lines on them, which also creates that sense of pursing, which is associated with negativity or anger. And then there's the sadness that may come from a downturn mouth, so lost volume, uh, underneath the mouth may allow for the depressor angularis oris to pull the, the mouth down at the corners at the oral commissures, um, as well as the jowl fat resting on top. And this all creates just a sense of sadness, which is not how your patient is feeling. And this is often what's triggering them to attend. 
Now there are other some more some more subtle things as well which are worth pointing out. So lost details, so the vermilion border, the cupid's bow, those angles and the lower lip all become basically softer and lost as you lose the structure. The collagen actually breaks down and you have less of those defining elements. You also lose some color and contrast as you get older, which does immediately come back after an injection as the redness flushes into the into the lips, but unfortunately is not something we normally treat with injectables long term. And of course, on the further end of the spectrum, your lips become involuted. So the top lip often almost rotates inwards and the white lip can become dominant. And in some cases, the lower lip can almost prolapse out. A little bit rarer this one, but sometimes the lower lip can prolapse out and the top lip involutes in. And these are things that sometimes we can help with injectables as well. But it's, you, you need to understand all these different elements when you get to creating your treatment design. So the next diagnosis we need to make is the anatomy. So what is actually causing these aesthetic changes? The lips themselves obviously are losing volume. That's the primary thing and it starts in your early 30s and next after that you start to lose some of the integrity that goes with that. So that's decreased collagen uh, and in some cases you actually get hypertrophic skin which makes a different type of aging but both of those uh, will appear in different patients and it's worth spotting which is which because that might change what you can do. So lost or increased volume elsewhere also impacts the mouth. Um, as we've discussed already, the, the lost volume underneath, but also think about teeth and bone loss that is associated when you lose teeth. All of this can cause an involution of the lips. And then you also get hypermobility with the fat pad loss that happens. So this is that hypermobile mouth, the high, high degree of pursing that happens when you've lost the fat pads around the mouth. And all of this is allowing muscles to dominate the face and cause many more lines than if they were resisted by appropriate amounts of fat. So not understanding the types of lines and wrinkles and the skin texture that you're seeing and the cause of it can lead you to inappropriately treat someone with dermal fillers who actually need a different treatment. So this is um, the different types of aging that our skin goes through. There's essentially a hypertrophic aging, which is characterized by deep furrows and that leathery appearance. And then we also have atrophic photoaging, which is characterized by telangiectasia and a more smooth but relatively unwrinkled appearance, but a loss of that of that firmer structure of youth and we also have a very important type of aging caused they think by higher levels of blood sugars which is glycation and this is often a contraindication for treatment which we'll discuss in some detail so glycation and the aging skin is the number one pitfall when i see people on forums asking for help with someone with upper lip lines quite often what they have in front of them when they can't get a good result is someone suffering from glycation so what is glycation so Advanced glycation end products basically accumulate due to excessive blood sugar levels and these then react with the macromolecules of your skin. Sun of course makes this whole process worse as it does with everything on your skin but the process leads to a loss of protein function, impaired elasticity of tissues and blood vessels, skin and tendons. It's basically accelerated aging in many ways but you also get this important cobblestone appearance. As these macromolecules no longer have the appropriate structure, they're more brittle, they're easier to break and they fragment and this causes little cracks that form between them. So you get these little almost little islands of skin separated by uh, little crevices in between. Those are not wrinkles and you cannot treat them with dermal filler. It's very unsatisfying attempting to fill this kind of skin. Uh, and it's worth spotting because too many people try and do it with filler. And really the right process is to, if you're going to treat them, is with some sort of skin resurfacing such as the CO2 laser. So what do you actually do in the consultation? To find out 
if your patient is appropriate to treat, you need to examine the skin and it's not just about looking. You must sit your patient down, with put some gloves on and try and pull the lines apart. Now, some lines will separate very well and you'll see them almost unfold. You see a little crease. The, the crease is the same, the same color as the rest of the skin and that is a good sign that you can improve this with some volume underneath. A bad sign is when you see these little crevices and at the base of that wrinkle it's either pale or pink and you can sense that there's a hypertrophied element of skin next to this little crack and it isn't just a fold in the skin. So this is not a, a wrinkle as such and we cannot treat it well with injectables and those people need uh, to be advised to seek alternative treatments. So if you've done a good consultation, you should know, now know what your patient's psychology is, what it is that will really make them happy. As hopefully you guys have picked up over the years, I think that's the basis of all we do. Everything else we do with anatomy and injection technique are really servants to the cause of improving our patient's psychosocial health. And this is, this is number one. But once you've got that, you should also now understand what the anatomy is that, that is driving the aesthetic differences that are troubling them. And then you can start to design a treatment plan around those elements. So most of this really is about what is the best technical result we can achieve? Because remember, my overall message is you don't necessarily need technical perfection to make your patient happy. And that's the number one goal. But from a technical perspective, you can achieve better results with more aggressive, more holistic treatment. So we need to think about it from both sides. So holistic structure first, is there a downturn or a negative shape? So I always think about the overall structure of the mouth as number one. And when you're assessing the mouth, think about the chin and the jowls and the resting pursed lips, which also all point to fat pads, which are depleted or hypertrophied and could be supported or reinflated, depending on whether it is a fat pad that's resting from the side uh, or just that it's lacking volume from within the structure. So this is where your lip treatment turns into an overall face treatment. And if you're good at consulting, that will happen quite often. Um, but obviously, we're going to focus also on directly treating the lip. So if you're going to focus on lip restoration on its own and not think about the rest of the face for now, there are three key zones to understand. You've got the lip structure, and I always think of that as if you were to draw a lip, what would be the first thing that you draw? You draw the vermilion border and the curves and the shapes, and that's really what, where I start looking first. What is the overall shape of this mouth? Is it downturned? Does it have the important details? If I was to start injecting, I would normally start correcting structure first. The next thing I'd think about is the volume, and what does this look like? It's the curvatures, the projections, the relative proportions all link a little bit more back to volume and those are usually different injections as well. And then finally where most people start is actually the last thing I think about which is lines and wrinkles. Once you've got the structure and the volume treating lines and wrinkles is a lot easier and you don't end up causing a disproportionate result by focusing on a superficial line and then adding volume that changes the shape of the lip in a way you wouldn't want to. So we start with the underlying structures and then finally do lines and wrinkles. So where can you inject if you think about it this way? There are essentially three zones you could think about. You've got the lip body, that's the, the main part of the lip that we treat in most younger people where you're adding volume. You then have the retroorbicularis orus fat pad which depletes as most people get older. It's not a common place to treat but it's one of the reasons why people get really severe lines sometimes is that they've lost so much volume in their mouth that the, the orbicularis orus is very dominant and it causes many many lines while they're just sitting resting doing nothing uh, and that's often the fat pad underneath which you can treat as well and then you also have the hypodermic fat above the muscle included in the lip body by the way I'm also including the 
the defining point. So the vermilion border you would also treat alongside that. But the hypodermic fat where the lines are is another place that you would commonly treat if you're trying to restore a lip. Now, if you treat just one of these to completion, so you get rid of all the lines in the top lip by treating just the hypodermic fat area, you're quite likely to cause disharmony in some patients. So they start to look like there's something unnatural about them. Uh, unless you're extremely conservative, which is definitely an approach. Some people just need a little bit, get them a little bit improved and they're happy. Uh, if you treat all of them without treating the whole face, then you have the other issue but involving the mouth not quite fitting in with the face. So all of these need to be built into context. And if you're not going to be holistic, you have to use small volumes and put up with a smaller end result, a smaller difference in the end result. Because the more the more perfect you make the mouth, the more likely it will stand out as having basically different levels of volume to the rest of the face that it is integrated into. So let's talk a little bit. I'm, this is not a tutorial on how to do this whole procedure, but a brief description on the different techniques that you might use. So if you were to try and structure a mouth first and you decide that this patient has a lot of lost fat underneath their orbicularis muscle, you can replace the volume underneath that area. You can do it, I recommend, with a cannula because as we know from previous le lectures I've done on this, the, the arteries tend to be underneath the muscle. So if you're going to replace volume underneath the muscle, let's do it with a cannula that makes it much safer. Uh, you can enter, some people enter through the filtrum, some people enter at the modiolus and try and slide underneath. Um, and you're basically just painting a little thin layer of product. I would recommend that you feel underneath and make sure it's smooth from the inside too. Uh, and do it slowly, little passes, little bit of volume, test their movement as you're going to see how, how it resists the movement of their skin. Uh, and that, that can be a good base layer in, in a patient wanting a really good result. Uh, the next thing you might want to treat is the lip body. I think in practice I'd probably treat the lip body before I treated the retroorbicularis fat pad. Um, but the lip body is vital if you want to get a natural result in an older person with very small lips. And it's often the component that they resist treating because they're afraid of looking done so they say don't treat my lips. A good consultation should win them round and with small volumes just adding enough to give a bit of roundness back, showing a little bit of pink in their lip, it can really make them happy. And that, that's a good place to start so that you're turning back the, the, the aging process, which tends to cause the lip to rotate inwards, so that you're rotating it slightly outwards. Might be appropriate to do some of that just with a cannula to decrease the level of bruising and trauma, um, or just small amounts in the anterior su surface of the lip with a needle. Finally, once you've done those elements, you might start tackling the lines. So I quite like using, if lines are really bad and I'm replacing volume in the hypodermis, I like to use a cannula because it's low trauma. This area is very painful to treat. It's likely to bruise as well because the number of lines means you're going to use a lot of needles to go in. So I've taken to using a very soft product, something like Juvederm Volbella, and just painting a thin layer of product underneath, it, within the hypodermis, above the muscle, uh, and just just seeing how that uh, softens the lines a little bit before I go after the deeper lines by injecting within the dermis with a needle. And that's usually the final stage. So I've got, I should have a nice solid uh, platform to then restore the lines themselves. And that is very superficial injections. You're often just in the mid dermis, but it's not very thick skin. And just doing little tiny microboluses in the lines, little tiny uh, 0.0025, it's, it's really, really small amounts. Your needle's hardly moving and you're just hoping to see that line slightly unfold and then you can move up to two or three within each line. Very low volume so that you're not risking changing the structure and using a product 
that's also suitable for that area. So uh, Juvenum Volbella, once again, is a good product to use uh, in those areas. So that is my general approach for trying to get these the best possible result. Now do remember, really I hope you take home from this, that you don't have to aim for perfection with all your older clients. A step in the right direction can be all they need to feel amazing and it is the psychology that we're after. You don't need to put them through a huge traumatic procedure to get the best technical result for every single patient. For some people that's appropriate. They really want the best technical result. But for many, you know, I'm really picturing the old older deers who come in who are in their 80s and 90s and they just will be thrilled to see a little bit of pink and be able to put some lipstick on again. And that might be the, all that they need. So always build your treatments around your patient's psychology and what's really going to make them happy for the least amount of, of risk essentially. Proper consultation, examination and expectation management is important. I would say that my experience with older people is that most of them are not expecting miracles. They're not a difficult cohort to understand, but it's always worth making sure that they know the difference that they're going to get. I find showing them in the mirror most helpful. So as I am examining their lip to see how well the lines will will change, I will show them what I'm looking at and, and basically be completely blunt if I don't think it's going to get a good result. I'll say it's going to be a small difference. Um, probably visible difference but not 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 dramatic is that still worth it to you and don't forget you know don't try and treat everything with injectables so a lot of these older people with lips that need re restoration really need skin resurfacing and that might be a better answer and some of them may need surgery to to lift as part of a facelift so we're always trying to give our patients the the right recommendation for the solution that they need to be happy and it's not necessarily always the technical result that matters as much as um, what fits in with their whole circumstances, how, what their budget is, what their attitude is to surgery, what their attitude is to lasers and injectables and what they actually want to achieve um, and whether that's within the remit of those treatments. Uh, the next thing I'd advise is do it in small steps. You know, if, you, if you've only ever done kind of half mil treatments and, and just injected the lines, and I'm now woken you up to the fact that you can treat much more of that area, do it in small steps, um, do small amounts at a time, don't bite off more than you can chew, and uh, choose the right patient who's laid back and doesn't mind taking a slower journey with you to get where they want to go. So that's my overall view of lip treatments um, for older people. I'd like to know what you think about it. Has this helped you in any way? Do you, will you feel a bit more confident about what to say to your next client? Let us know in the comments down below.